Julie, we are in for a special treat today. We'll be talking about ERP systems. I know for a lot of our tax listeners, as soon as they hear the word ERP system, they get a little nervous. And today, Laura Farine is going to help us understand what that means for tax. Margie, I am really excited to hear what she has to say because I think you hit the nail on the head. As many times tax, we just tune out ERP, but today she's going to talk about why it matters to tax and bring in some of those important points like source data and risks that we can see. And what I'm really excited to hear about is ERP systems in our current environment and how they've adapted. And so Margie, with all of that, let's talk tax. listening to Tap into Tax, PwC's podcast series covering current regulatory, legislative, and technology hot topics through the lens of our tax technical leaders, as well as process and technology subject matter specialists. This podcast features discussions with some of our leading minds around tax, trade, and domestic policy. Stay tuned to our regular updates and subscribe to our series to get notified as new episodes are published. Welcome listeners, this is Margie Dunjashaw. I'm PwC's U.S. Tax Reporting Strategy Leader, and today I'm joined, as usual, by Julie Allen, our PwC's National Tax Services Leader. On this episode, we're also joined by Laura Farine, a partner in our tax reporting and strategy group who leads our ERP automation solutions. Laura is here today to discuss the importance of tax, working closely with finance on matters affecting ERP systems that house the general ledger and the details that tax functions need for so many reasons. ERP automation is especially relevant now in light of the current environment and what we've learned from our recent Pulse survey of business leaders. So Laura, thank you for joining us today and welcome to Tap Into Tax. Thanks, Julia Margie. Happy to be with you. So before we dive in, Laura, I want to comment on the Pulse survey that Margie mentioned. You know, in early September, PwC released our latest Pulse survey, which gathered responses from nearly 600 U.S. corporate leaders. And we included CFOs, COOs, CHROs, and tax and risk leaders from Fortune 1000 and private companies. In fact, recently on this podcast series, we discussed the survey's results with Shelley Guyverson, who is PwC's tax service And those survey responses reflect that in this current environment, businesses are interested in recovery, driving growth, and containing costs. And so in order to do so, there is a clear focus on transformation, that large-scale technology transformation that will drive efficiency. And the survey results also show that tax function is interested in transforming their processes. In fact, 53% of tax leaders surveyed are optimizing internal tech-enabled processes. So we are going to have another survey in October to get business leaders' perspectives prior to the election, but we expect the move toward technology and automation, including finance transformation, to continue. That's right, Julie, and thank you for sharing that background. As businesses automate to improve their efficiency, the tax function needs to understand how ERP systems can also improve tax processes. So Laura, let's dive in. Help us level set on what an ERP system is and why is a focus on ERPs important for tax right now? Sure, Margie. ERP stands for Enterprise Resource Planning. 
This is a corporation's domestic global system for managing day-to-day business activities, such as accounting, procurement, accounts payable, accounts receivable, supply chain operations, etc. ERP transformations matter to tax because source data and transaction-level information for risk mitigation and regulatory compliance reside within the systems. Of course, as technology has evolved over the years, the functionality of ERPs also has evolved, including features that are beneficial to finance, tax, and across other areas of the enterprise. That is interesting, Laura, and we often think of ERP systems as the general ledger. What are the broader aspects of ERPs now? You know, how are they used by tax and other enterprise functions? Or how could ERPs help support M&A, for instance? The GL aspect of ERPs, which has been around for a while, has evolved to include separate statutory and tax ledgers, which definitely is important to finance, including tax. Tax needs this data for direct tax compliance and reporting and controversy support. It also may be used for planning purposes. ERPs now also have broader applications affecting enterprise functions, including treasury, supply chain, trade, transfer pricing, indirect tax, and yes, also M&A, Julie. ERP systems are critical to deals integration process, whether it's having the flexibility to manage an M&A intensive company or stand up a new ERP instance due to a separation or integration of two businesses. ERPs now have the flexibility to support these transactions for both finance and tax. So Laura, considering the broad scope of areas now affected by ERP systems and given the unique circumstances that we're all working in right now, Can ERPs be configured to make work from home easier in this environment? Absolutely, Margie. Years ago, professionals needed to be at their desk in an office environment to access the ERP system. Now, not only can ERPs be accessed remotely by laptop, but also mobile applications allow access by cell phone. ERP systems have moved to the cloud and are easily accessible from any location. This is so important for meeting tax obligations timely in a COVID or any crisis-related environment. For example, a client co-presented with us at a conference during quarter close. He stated the only reason he was able to be there was because he could use an ERP mobile app to close the quarter on his phone. Laura, this is all very insightful, especially when you put it in the context of our current environment. But let's transition for just a minute to several other topics that are top of mind for the C-suite. You know, we learned from the Pulse survey that business leaders see modeling for the change in tax policy that may arise from the result of the 2020 U.S. election, that they look at that as top priority. How can ERPs facilitate that need? Julie, yes, ERPs can definitely help with scenario planning. When designing an ERP system, it is important to plan five to 10 years ahead, including a mitigation plan. There is no need to just recreate the wheel. The ERP system should include the flexibility to support future data and transaction needs that we foresee coming. Mitigation scenarios, which we feel are 70 to 80% going to occur, or restructuring plans that may need to go into place as a result of tax law changes can be set up within the ERP system for tax planning purposes. I know that's very key for all of our clients and all of our C-suites to hear that those ERP systems can be set up for those purposes. You know, Laura, there are also concerns about growing global demands for transparency and resulting controversy. In fact, in our survey, 31% of tax leaders responding to the survey strongly agree that they are looking toward greater transparency and risk controversy. 
So how can configuring ERPs help organizations provide the level of detail that's needed to manage risk? The main benefit of an ERP configuration is transparency and the core level of detail available in metadata and transactional layers for tax. ERP now can provide the granularity and transactions needed to be compliant across the world and reduce the manual manipulation of data outside the system. The key to having this functionality is for tax to truly be involved in the design and testing of the ERP. Laura, that is fantastic, but let's talk about the timing of implementing ERP solutions. I know I frequently, when I say ERP solutions, people think dollar signs and people think months and months and years of work. So often the impression is that it takes a long time to affect ERP systems changes when agility is what's needed right now. So are there ways to implement fast ERP solutions? Yes, Margie, you are correct. Depending on your footprint, the landscape, it can take several years to implement end-to-end a full ERP system. Quick wins exist with ERP automation today that can be later applied to the long-term solution. These quick wins leveraging analytic solutions that allow fast manipulation of data and can be managed relatively easy by the tax professional. Ooh, Laura, that is a great segue into my next question. So we've addressed in our Tax Function of the Future series and many other PwC forums the need to upskill our people, upskill our citizens, upskill our tax professionals to use small automation analytic solutions on their own to help make their work easier. So how do you envision tax and IT working more closely together? Margie, as I alluded to earlier, tax professionals need to be part of the ERP upfront planning process as influencers. They need to convey their pain points and requirements for various tax activities. When we say requirements, it means more than just expressing, I need legal entity reporting. It is identifying, documenting key data elements and transactions and integrating within the program's requirements traceability matrix, business process documents, functional technical specs, etc. In addition, be proactive. Do not wait for IT to come to you. This will result in a more self-service citizen use of ERPs. However, design training is required so that the appropriate reports can be configured and used by the tax professionals. So Laura, based on all that you're saying, there are clearly significant benefits to configuring ERP systems for tax purposes. And you know, there are frequently miscommunications between tax and IT departments because we use similar terminology to mean very different things. So what approach should tax leaders take when speaking with CFOs about ERP system upgrades and taxes involvement in those upgrades? Julie, it's important for tax to build a business case that includes the benefits to the organization. For instance, the configuration of ERP can result in less time spent on data mining and manipulation and more time on value-added activities due to enriched data and transactions. In addition, the implementation can result in tax savings, including potential qualifying R&D expenses for the R&D tax credit, which can help fund the program. Properly configuring the ERP can also mitigate risk, reducing exposure due to transparency requirements or other controversy concerns. Recall that the primary purpose for ERP configuration is to enable transparency and access to core financial details. 
That is excellent advice, Laura. We recently launched a Tax Function of the Future webcast and spotlight paper on the importance of tracking automation ROI and achieving and sustaining the agility that businesses need in this uncertain environment. So everything's getting tracked by ROI, and this topic is no exception. So these insights into ERP solutions for tax are so important now as organizations automate and transform operations focusing on recovery and growth. As we near the close of this discussion, what are the key takeaways for our listeners? I believe the key takeaways are, one, keep your ears open for finance transformation plans within your organization. The biggest vendors are pushing all finance functions to move to their latest and greatest versions, depending on the vendor that is around 2027, 2030. After then, the vendors may sunset support of the older systems or charge a large fee to continue. Secondly, be part of the RFP process. Confirm that all tax areas are part of the RFP, so whoever is responding can exhibit their skills and expertise in the appropriate tax ERP area. Currently, we only see sales and use tax, VAT, and RFPs. Thirdly, take part in planning the program, scoping, budgeting, etc. Have tax be part of the overall finance transformation budget. That's a great idea, Laura. You want to get your bite at the apple as these large transformation events are happening at your organization. So these are great takeaways for our audience. We're going to continue to share perspectives on the economic outlook the election, and the resulting tax policy decisions. And we also look forward to bringing you our second round of Pulse survey results that will be released on October 13th. Thanks to Laura and thanks to Julie for your time today. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. We look forward to speaking with you soon. This podcast is brought to you by PwC All Rights Reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates, and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.